Back is Daniels. Throws the pass. Intercepted on a tip. Running with the football. It is MJ Devonshire still on his feet. He's at the five. He's into the end zone for a Panther touchdown. You have to be here. 29-26 Gators. Now second and six to the Florida six-yard line. Rising out of the shotgun with Bernard off his right hip, looking to throw, guns it for the end zone. Intercepted! Amari Bernie just intercepted it! One yard in the end zone! The Gators are going to win the football game on a takeaway by Amari Bernie. And it's a redshirt freshman kicker, Damian Ramos, who might be the most nervous person in the Superdome right now. Roy to snap, Bramlett to hold, to send it to free football. Snap, spot, blocked! Yeah! 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 It's blocked! Shaheen Brown got his mitt on it! Fire up the war chant and plant the spear! Those win! Those win! Mike Norvell, you have your signature win! It's the footballiest time of the year With quarterbacks throwing and tailgaters ready for some brats and beer It's the footballiest time of the year Yep, it's your move NFL after an absolutely gangbusters week one of college football College football, pro football, who's the winner? Us, that's who, Eddie Spaghetti. And we're also winners, anybody listening to my voice right now, because in a matter of seconds, you're going to hear the voice of Will Brinson, one of our favorite guests here uh, on this show, on all the shows we've done over the last dozen years or so. We'll uh, break down the NFL. Eddie Spaghetti, as we jump into it, quick update, your boy Aaron Judge, what's he at now, 54? 54? 54 home runs. He's batting leadoff because he's the only guy in the lineup that could hit. Uh, is the only one batting near 300. The offense is struggling when the pitching's been good. But he's had 54 home runs, I think, with like 28 or so games left. So I think I picked 62 home runs. Um, we, you know, we did a bunch I of I think I have process. 62 home runs in our bet, in the extra points uh, little side bet that or we you may have 62 it. i may have 64 then that's you what have, be right, right. So, you do right so uh if he could hit 10 more that'd be great uh, i'd love to to have bragging rights of that but you know right now if i were opposing teams i just wouldn't pitch to him because there's just no one else hitting in this lineup stan got hit in the foot he may be missing time rizzo's been out with injuries benintendi's out with injuries he just had hand surgery so all this protection is pretty much gone they're calling up you know their their top prospects now and this is the worst time to be doing i know you've asked me pretty much week in week out are you getting nervous? And like, yes, now I, I could actually say I'm I'm pretty nervous because it, it's all these guys are going down. You have just one monster in this lineup. And yes, Shohei Itani, phenomenal baseball player. I understand what he's doing. But to me, Aaron Judge is the MVP uh, because he's really carrying his team on his back right now. I agree. And the good news is you don't have to get swept up in it anymore because now you can focus it, you, all your angst on the Notre Dame fighting Irish. Although a nice that's, turn by them, a, a great rally by Damashek. A lot of a lot of lesser uh, teams would have crumbled after I took the Ducks. You know, I, I said to take the they. What was the final there? Forty nine to three or whatever it was. Embarrassing. Yeah. I stuck with my other two nighttime dogs on Saturday night. The Gators pulled off the upset 
against the Utes, um, I stuck with that one, and I took your Irish uh, plus. 17 and a half and uh, that one paid out so i survived that one hope you rode along with us and now let's turn the page to well we'll do some college football as well football how about that football with brinson let's do it all right it wouldn't be the dawn of another football season if we didn't cross all the t's and dot all the i's with our main man of course he is a shecky award winner for our favorite non-football playing guest I think at least once, maybe even twice. I don't know. We don't have time to talk about that because we must look ahead to NFL season and take a quick look back at the college football weekend that was. It's Will Brinson from the Pick 6 podcast every day on YouTube, 1 p.m. Eastern from now until eternity or at least until the (laughs) end of football season in February. Here he is. He's our guy. He's Will Brinson. What's the poop, fella? Happy football. Shaq, you realize that I believe this is correct that we now have officially reached. So we, we, I mean, I don't know how long we've been doing these, like, but when we started doing, when we started doing, when I started coming on this podcast and we started ranking the NFC South quarterbacks, there are, we have finally, none of them are left. They're all gone. The ones that we started with Matt Ryan's Is gone. That right. We've at, cleared the, the board. Era, yes. Cause we had, it was um, Cam, with the Panthers, Matt Ryan with the Falcons, Breeze with the Saints, and uh, Jameis, I guess, with the Bucks, And we have, we have finally gotten full NFC South turnover in 2022, which is kind of Sheesh. crazy. Boy, it makes you feel old. A lot but of people. Jameis is, Jameis is still, still here, just on a different team. Like he's, he's well, I want to talk about Jameis, as a matter of fact. Matt Ryan, of course, now is... The Colts quarterback, which prohibitive favorite. To, oh, uh, oh, yeah. To I, thought, I, thought, I thought you were like, oh, my God, I forgot. See, that, that happens to me, by the way. Like, I was um, doing a radio hit this morning, and I mm-hmm. forgot who the Bills offensive coordinator was. <laughs> was like, Not a small matter. Everybody assumes, well, same system, but you don't know the instincts of Ken Dorsey versus Correct. his predecessor. Listen, we have we have NFL to get to, and I have made a personal commitment to myself and the you, Will Brinson, that instead of doing our typical marathon that sometimes goes 75 minutes, 98 minutes, I don't know how long, we're not doing it this time. You're a busy man. People can only stand so much of my voice in their ears. And so let's see if we can get this in in a nice tight 45-ish, maybe even less. I don't know. All right, let's start your, here, your, though, with your the show, visceral your show, stuff. Your show, pal. Good luck. We're, Good luck. <laughs> we're still projecting ahead with pro football, but we do have a week plus that week zero jive um, to go off of. So let's go with the more visceral stuff. Your NC State Wolfpack, mm. you know, highly touted. A lot of teams. A lot of people. A lot of people dealing with success and expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The highest we ever started, I think, like maybe, or maybe the second highest we ever started, which is terrifying. One year ago, we sat in this very space and we discussed our two ACC teams, yours, NC State. What was the total for them last year? Was that seven and a half and Pitt was eight and a half? Yeah. And we both said take the over and we both hit that. Yes. Now it's flipped. NC State with slightly higher expectation, eight and a half after watching what happened against East Carolina. How say you? You still going over with the pack here? I would still go over eight and a half. Um, I'm a little ahead. I wouldn't go over nine and a half. I don't think just because 10 is a, a lot of wins. The the two biggest problems for state. Well, a, a couple of things with NC state. And and you know what? It's, it's interesting, Shaq, because usually people are like, no one gives a flying crap, but this is now like we had like a tight end who hurt his wrist and it was all over the bottom line all day because we're a top 15 team. And I keep forgetting that. Um, 
when I when I be a top fifteen team by the time we finish this recording, the AP poll comes out. We're down to twenty or something like that. But um, the, the two biggest problems I thought for the pack on Saturday. It, now look, they're playing in at ECU in Greenville noon first game of the season. That is an absolute hornet's nest. The place was really rowdy. Uh, ECU fans and state fans hate each other. Like like my brother's an ECU fan, and he sent me a preemptive don't don't text me gloating. Uh, tech message like right after the game, like, oh, great game. Can't believe we let you guys, you know. Um, my concerns are one that Devin, like Devin Leary did not look good. His accuracy was way off. I thought that I, I sort of wondered if um, the offensive coordinator, Tim Beck, wasn't trying to showcase some outside throws and some deeper balls instead of just because, like, we, we everything across the middle and up the seam was wide open. And they, they, it was almost like they were trying to, like, Make, get those pro throws out there for Devin Leary, which concerns me a little. Two, inside the red zone, I mean, inside the five-yard line, what the hell are we doing? Like, you could call toss, toss, pitch tosses, and, like, you know, trying to run from pistol, run, like, stop it. Just pound the ball down their throats and get a touchdown. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I thought that we we were blitzing. We played this, like, 3-3-5, three, three, and we're blitzing a ton, with and, and it didn't get home once. And, and, and so you're asking a lot out of your cornerbacks, leaving them on islands in that zone coverage or sometimes the man-to-man stuff. So th- those are kind of my two biggest takeaways. If they fix those, I think we can be a, a, a problem. Clemson doesn't look that good. FSU no, indeed. Look-, look out for the Pitt Panthers. They ain't going anywhere. Keaton Slovis yeah. in. So Slovis. Can he pick it out? Kidani Slovis in. Don't skip hey, the Yens. On, on that side, On that side of the thing, Pitt, Pitt look, dude, your defense looks nasty. Except for yeah, the, well, thirty-one to West Virginia, which was weird. Couldn't couldn't stop them on the ground was was problematic. But what we're getting at here with uh with the deep dive into Wolfpack Week One against the Pirates, and by the way, East Carolina, maybe they deserve consideration. App State gets that buzz. Boise State earned it a decade plus ago. Southern Miss before that used to pick off SEC teams periodically. You're right about East Carolina. Beware scheduling them early because they yeah. are a weird wild card type of team, as their name I, would indicate. I almost, Pirates I almost had to buy my um, my buddy's niece and nephew a Switch. I told him that if, if State won and Carolina lost, I'd buy him a Nintendo Switch. And it got a little dicey there on Saturday. I mean, I would have been fine with it, but I was like, oh, God. Well, listen, it was, it was a goddamn misery watching that pit game until it wasn't, and it became delightful, and we survived it, and now on to Tennessee. Real quick, w- without the analysis. You guys, are, you, guys this, you guys are the Vols this week? Yes, and wow. uh, catching six and a half in Pittsburgh to play those Vols. How say you on that one? That seems disrespectful. It does, but I don't think it's I, I don't think it's loco either. I, right. I think that, that there's a certain expectation, and I don't think the bookmakers are necessarily building this in, but what Devin Leary almost got got by is the curse of Sposta. I talk mm-hmm. about it all the time. You know, all of a sudden, expectation is is a heavy, heavy extra weight to bear on your shoulders um, against a halfway decent foe. And Pitt almost got Sposta's there. I, it was a big game for them, rivalry game. But still, they were supposed to rule the day, and they barely survived that one. I did love Neil Brown, the, Wait, the Tennessee's not Tennessee. coach weeping. Let's take it to social media to, to say, like, hey, it was a catch on the field. Like, yeah, but we saw the replay, Coach, and everybody knows it wasn't a catch. So stop <laughs> the bellyache, and you should go for it on fourth and inches when you can put the game away. But the point is, the big, the big macro point in my book is that week one, and that's what's great about college football, unless you're on the wrong side of it. 
What do you think about as we hear news of a 12-team playoff? I've gone back and forth on this. Over the years, I've strongly been against that as, as somebody who believes in merit in sports. I get that TV audience is, is more important and uh, keeping as many fans as possible engaged in whatever sport we're talking about is what ultimately rules the day because that's what uh, brings in the most dollars. But in terms of merit, my argument philosophically against expanding beyond four teams has always been that there's there have been some years where you would look as deep as like the third team, maybe even the fourth team in the nation and say, that team can cobble together an argument that they're the best team in the land. Once you get into like six and seven, they might have had nice years. It might be a splashy year that'll live for for decades on end for that fan base, but it doesn't rise to the level of really making them the best team in the nation. On the other hand, as I've gone back and forth, I'm on the cusp of deciding I'm cool with this because, you know, basically, uh, otherwise we're talking about a two-tier system, and it is that because right now you would definitely, let me guess, Bama, Ohio State, and Georgia versus the field. You'll take the trio of heavyweights versus the rest <laughs> of college football if you have to lay a bet right now who winds up national champion, right? Yeah, and if you get if you get me if you get me down to like December, or January, and it's like, all right, you can have Bama or the field. I'm taking, I mean, give me Bama. Like the, mm-hmm. the cream rises in college football, and particularly in a college football playoff. The one thing I do like, check though, is about the 12 team is, um, so one through four would get a bye. Yeah. Under the system. And then five, six, seven, eight would host a playoff game on campus. And like the idea, I mean, you got to admit the idea of like, uh, like the idea of a, a playoff game, a college football playoff game in Carter Finley gets me tingly. And I, you have to think that like a pit home playoff game in like late, you know, late this mid December up there, like, you, you know, you, you kind of like that idea. Listen, man, that there was the, everybody weighed in, you know, immediately after, even though everybody's had their opinion for, for a decade years or three, years. but everybody had to weigh in upon the, upon the big news breaking late last week that there will be a 12 team playoff sooner rather than later. And I took my usual posture, but then I saw a big cat wise as ever saying <laughs> it's more football. How can we complain? And that broke through for me in a certain way. And I, I think I'm ultimately with you. And I think that's what you just said is exactly right. I, as somebody who is rooted for the Steelers, and same goes for a Ravens fan. Sometimes over the course of this millennium, there have been playoff games or late season games between the two heavyweights of the AFC North. And you can lose sight of what lays on the other side, which is Tom Brady and the Patriots. And so they're going to buzzsaw whoever survives it. But in that moment, you can get very excited about like, this is everything. And you forget what lays beyond. That's what's great about this. That like, to to your point, forget Pitt, but you know if you're uh, what the ACC champ, whoever that may be, um, against the Pac-12 champ, that'll be juicy stuff. Okay, Bam yeah. is on the other side and is going to destroy whoever survives. But for that weekend, I I hear your noise completely. So I think I'm um, I think I'm ready to jump over. But what this will kind of remove the 12 team playoff is. And I think we both took a deep sigh of relief watching our team survive their respective yes. games in week one. Oh, it, it that's does remove, the beauty it does of college remove, football. It, it does remove some of the danger of that one, like that, that, that loss where you're like, oh, well, you know, we're not a champion. You know, like we are, right. we have lost at Greenville. We are no longer in the running for this, for the championship. And that's, and that, yeah, I mean, because like I'm looking at the final eight people from last year 
this is this is where the 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 kick to the old pants really starts to come in. It's like Pitt finishes thirteenth in the in the bowl, and you're like all of a sudden you're like, so you're telling me we won the ACC? Although I guess if you win the ACC, you get an automatic. If you're one of the top six conference champions, you get an automatic bid, which I kind of like the idea that you know, like since so it's like Cincinnati's in. I'm trying to think, so would Pitt have gotten in? Well. Oh, into the 12 team. Yeah, they would have. They they fell because yeah. they lost in their meaningless the bowl. bowl game. That's right. That's right. That's right. That Kenny Pickett didn't play in. But yeah, no, they right. would have. In fact, the, you know, it's that funny um, who's going to – the argument conveniently always sways to who's going to get more eyeballs um, for the networks. And that was the thing that ultimately, like – if there had been a playoff last year, there was a – I don't even remember. It's fuzzy for me now. The sequence of events was that that if that team loses, you could make a case that Pitt maybe belongs in the Final Four. And then I realized, no, I hope that team doesn't lose because it's going to end up sending Notre Dame over Pitt, and then I'm going to be really pissed off that Pitt got right. slighted like that. So just as well. But, but, but yeah, so – I was going to say one more, one more thing no. too. The, the one more – just one more wrinkle to this college football playoff too, I think mm. – is that it should, at least, you know, like for, for our selfish purposes, from the ACC standpoint, this should keep the ACC intact largely for the next little bit. Like, I think this might slow down any, you know, um, very like anxiety filled, like possible departures of a Clemson or a Florida state, where all of a sudden the ACC crumbles because now you have, you know, like, yes, you would rather have the money from the SEC or the big 10. It's a, it's much better, but you at least have an, there, there is a guaranteed pathway to, the college football playoff for the ACC champion. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, like Clemson can't leave for five or six or 10 years, whatever it is because of the greater rights stuff. So now you kind of like, all right, like, you know, we're, we're not going to, like, we're not going to be left out here. There's, there's a pathway for multiple ACC teams to get in, or at least it seems like it. Well, I mean, the ultimate to me would be you want, you want melodrama attached to these. And by the way, this applies to pro football. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, this is an idea I came up with two, three years ago is that, um, and I haven't really heard a, a great pushback to it, is that the ultimate would be that, let's say you make the number one team the only one who has any sway in this decision. You have five total teams. Or no, wait, the one and two would both have a choice here. You have the one and two teams, and five total are chosen to be in the pool for the final four. Number one gets to select its opponent and oh, yeah. then number two gets to select its opponent and number five has to sit and people would be so raw because if you're number three you'd be pissed off because if it's Alabama and they would slight Georgia they would nobody would take Georgia and they would they would be outraged and Georgia's the third best team but they're out of the playoff because nobody wants to play Georgia saving <laughs> steps to the microphone and by the way this would also be great too if Bill Belichick or I don't know Sean McVay had to step to the microphone on uh as the Sunday night week 18 wraps up and's like Okay, we're the number one seed in the NFC, just to let everybody know. Uh, wait, would that work for... No, you wouldn't pick your choice. No, no, you would do it after the, wild the, card the, weekend. Yeah, number one, number one, number two right. would step up to the podium on week 18 and be like, all right. Like, McVay's like, hey, like, I'm number one seed. I don't have to worry about this. Number two would come up and be like, look, uh, as our wild card opponent, we want Tom Brady and the, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's like, well, you've made a grave mistake, my friend. And Wouldn't that the, be... I mean, yes. Yeah. The, the rate of the team that got chosen winning that week, get that it's game so you would assume would go through the roof. They'd be like, yeah. you don't choose us. Yeah. Um, it would be great. All right, last question about college football, and then we move on to, uh, to, to transition into this. 
For the rest of your days, Will Brinson, and you told us a story before we got going here. You watched that NC State nail-biter at a pal's house, and he almost broke his third flat screen of his life in his own home. Is that right? Third, third flat screen of, 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 this, of this living room where he was watching. <laughs> like he's, he's, he looked at us and he said, this is my third TV I've had in this room since we bought this house. And they've been there like some years, but not like mm-hmm. a lengthy amount. Of time. And he's like, he's like, the other two did not die, did not die natural deaths. <laughs> they, 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 they died at the hands of a Wolfpack Saturday, almost undoubtedly. Very strange. Yeah, that's like the equivalent of we had a pal when we would always play three on three basketball right beyond the uh, the top of the key of uh, the half court was a swimming pool. And more than one guy chasing a basketball fell into that pool, but only sure. one guy fell into it multiple times. You know, like, well, you know, fool me once swimming pool, you know, yeah. shame on yeah, me. Yeah, but, yeah. Or, or shame. But anyhow, yeah, yeah, well, that's a little weird <laughs> to be there breaking your own flat screen. <laughs> Um, I will say though that like there was a moment in this game too where it's like I mean, it, ECU scored and they're about to kick the extra point. And he looks at us, he goes, "Get the out of out of my house!" And he's like dead serious, like <laughs> like like you did, you need to leave. Like this is not like like just don't be here. Like just like, he was going to make us go stand. There were like four of us. He's going to make four of us go stand on the street and like watch on our phones <laughs> like while we waited for people to pick us up. And then they shake the extra point and, and we were we we're all good. Uh, I will say too like there were a couple moments where like ECU didn't have a. Um, a penalty flag. They, they had a single penalty called on them until late, in, like midway through the fourth quarter or something, which is outrageous for a, a college football game this early in the season. Mm-hmm. And there was a moment where we we rushed Devin Leary at the middle, and it's a touchdown, easy sneak. And the referees blow the play dead. They're like, "Hold on, um, we there was an inadvertent whistle, or like they're like we didn't have the, the ball set correctly, and so they're like, touchdown doesn't count, even though the it, it was a very it just felt like oh my! We, you felt the you felt either some force, whether it was uh, you know the the officials and like the Greenville factor, or whether it's just the football gods trying to remind you that you're you're not quite there yet. You're not quite you know mm-hmm. you're not a team yet. Uh, it felt like there was a force working against us. So I, I sort of understood the how the the gravitational pull towards the television with the remote and whatnot. Well, maybe it what maybe if you had lost, maybe it would be the if we, if we lost the crack CD, I wouldn't have flinched. I'm telling you, like I told his wife, like when I saw her later, I was like, You don't understand the the bullet you dodged by us winning that game. Like like your husband was prepared and I was prepared to explain it that he was gonna cause like twenty three thousand dollars worth of damage to the interior of your household. And I was gonna have to I was I would told him I was gonna come over the next day and justify it to you. Like like it, you know, it, I know it seems crazy that this room is completely thrashed and the doors are broken and the, the TVs through the through the window and all that, but it really was justifiable at the time. That's where we were. That's how dark well, a place we were in. Uh, you know, at least those are are not living beings. You know, once um, blamed for a Steeler loss, regular season uh, at Old Three River Stadium, uh, Aunt Roberta once came to uh, a game that the Pittsburgh Steelers lost. My old man said, "No more games for Aunt Roberta ever." She's, been, she's never been back. Never yeah. been back. He t- with, with her with his tickets at least. You know, I don't, I don't, she can. I don't blame him. She can probably go out on the dirty streets and and buy one herself, but she ain't <laughs> using the old man's tickets ever again. She learned. A, we all learned a powerful lesson that day. If you're showing up, you better bring it all the way, or or don't even bother. Now, so oh, so with that excitement, that 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 intensity of football's fans here. And all football's of here. I it's, love it's, it. It's here. Feels like it. For the rest of your life, this probably, you won't actually probably ever have to do this, but if you did, you must choose. You can only watch college football or NFL to the exclusion of the other for the rest of your life, which is your choice. 
Well, I mean, this is kind of a tricky question because um, I do make my living with via professional football. So that's I, true. You're right. Like, I think I have well, to choose. I, I mean, I would, I would probably, I would choose NFL anyway. I think. I mean, I think, like, I love college football. Um, but like, there's a no. I would choose the NFL. I mean, I think I'm trying to. Think, I'm trying so. to. I'm trying to decide how I would do this if I was a. Well, well, December is always to me. I always like. I it, it's amazing how the week to week nature of college football. I can get so swept up and consumed in it. Yes. Again, talking about not seeing what awaits at the other. But in mid December, I'm always like, this kind of sucks. This is anticlimactic. Yeah. That three week, four week. Oh, wait it's comes to Alabama again. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's what they, that that also occurred to me. Well, like. I always complain about December and now I'm not going to embrace a 12 team playoff. That'll flesh that out real nice. And so that's going to fix the back end of the college football season. We're at the front end of pro football season. We're into college football now. So let's yap about that. Well, and, and by the way, if you, if you, if you choose the NFL, you get a free, you get an extra two months of the year where you get to watch football. That's right. That's so like, right. I think yeah, the NFL is the answer quantity. for me. But and, and I wipe out all this like I wipe out like two decades of potential heartbreak that I would have to deal with if I was like I'm like only going to watch NC State games for this my life. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, all right, NFL. 2022, it kicks off in a matter of minutes here. I don't really count the Thursday night game. That's a that's another show for people that features big time bands. Do we know who's playing the Thursday night game? Is there a band? I can't believe oh, that this oh, works. I, like, I continue to be amazed that <laughs> what you're like, who's playing? I was like the no, no, no. Yeah, no. Like uh, I always talk about Cheryl Crow in, in old Heinz Field at a playoff game, which was just tone deaf, but uh, that the Steelers were losing. But um, I that this that this has worked as a marketing gimmick. Like, I don't care about football. Wait a second. Harry Styles is going to be playing it. OK, check. Like, I got to tell you, I just found the answer. And um, frankly, I am not aware. I, do you know who Jay Balvin is? I have never heard that name. Jay Bow. He will kick off, will headline the 2022 NFL kickoff concert presented by Verizon on Thursday, September 8th, held at Al Alamitos Beach in Long Beach, California. Weird. He is, um, I, I, I've never heard of Jay Balvin, so I got, I got nothing here. Best one ever. I uh, the season kickoff game up in Seattle. The there's a reigning Super Bowl. Star. <laughs> Soundgarden played the season opener on NBC, and the day before I was there, and I was walking towards the stadium. And uh, um, you know, Seattle's one of those towns that has ubiquitous street music. And I thought, man, this town never shuts down. Look, look cover bounce, cover band midday sounds awesome. Listen to them playing the Sound Garden, one of the jewels of uh, of grunge rock. And I got close and closer to the stadium i'm like ah oh, man this cover band is great and as i got about uh, 500 yards away i was like that's actually Soundgarden doing their sound check for tomorrow that's and i was amazing. one of two human beings watching chris cornell and the fellas uh pound out their five song set it was awesome that's all right incredible it was really great. It really is one of the great fringe benefits of uh of this dumb work that you and i do for a living all right instead of because for newcomers Brinson and I used to do always the NFC South. It was the QB division in the quarterback league. Now that has moved, everybody knows that, to the AFC West. Let's do it for old time's sake. Let's rank out the new Titanic division of QBs. Well, Titanic isn't a good word. Tremendous QBs? I don't know. I think it's, um, uh, like, a, uh, it's like a, a rowboat of QBs. This is an interesting collection. You got Russ, 
You got Derek Carr. You got oh, we're Justin Herbert, the, new, the you, new powerhouse. Yeah, the new Titanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to rank these guys out. And and Patrick Mahomes and maybe Patrick Mahomes. It's I'm not equating the Kansas City Chiefs of 2022 with the Titanic. I've merely predicted that they're going to miss the playoffs, go 9-8, and eight, and finish last in the division. This Ooh. is a lot of people have considered this uh, not a hot take, but uh, an iceberg style take that's going to sink Damashek's reputation if there's any uh, credibility to his his opinion at this point. Anyway, how say you give us your one, two, three, four, Will Brinson, 2022 AFC West QBs. Yeah, yet another like like a, a backdoor into like how I'm going to like somehow insult somebody from the Carr family on your podcast. By, by, <laughs> I think it was John Boy tweeted that Derek Carr is the single greatest worst quarterback in his division of all in NFL history, which is like the highest compliment you can receive, but also <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, he's the worst in the division, but that's okay. Like, and so I would go, um, and has not, a chance. It's not hyperbole to say, depending on how the next five years break could be hall of fame level. I know that's a, a stretch right now, but you know, if they somehow do something magical in a year like this with these teams in their division, who knows? It would, it would anyway. certainly bolster his reputation. But yeah. I mean like, yeah, uh, I would say, I mean, Mahomes is one for me, obviously. I mean, right now I'm taking Herbert too. Hmm. Because I do have a little hesitation and concern that is it possible that Russell Wilson from what we saw in 2021, even pre-injury, like he was, there was some questionable decision-making and I understand his head was not in the right place because he wanted out, um, you know, sort of a la Tom Brady, 2019, where it's mm -hmm. like, you know, you, you know, you get removed from the situation. You realize that there was some dysfunction going on between he and Pete Carroll and that, and just everything. And there's the injury. I want to believe that Russ will be Russ in Denver, but I'm going to take the, what I consider to be um, like a, like, uh, consistency of, you know, having a coaching staff from, from last you're not, not a new city, not a new coaching staff, not a new group of wide receivers that the chargers offer for Justin Herbert over what the Broncos offer Russell Wilson with a new offense and a, really a whole new style of offense. Cause he, you know, it's the West coast style that they're going to try to implement. Um, you know, will Russ is Russ going to, adhere to these principles and take you know, is he going to hold the ball and try and run around? And answer and is yes. Damashek says, yes, I am pro Russ and the Denver Broncos 2022 is my okay. answer, but continue. Yeah. So, I mean, like I'm, I'll take Russ three, but I think it's like Mahomes easy one. And then it's like kind of a coin flip for Russ and Herbert and then a little gap and then Derek Carr. But with the, with the caveat that I've been saying all off season, I think Derek Carr is prepared to have a monster year statistically because just what he does fits Josh McDaniel's offense so perfectly. Mm -hmm. And you add Devontae Adams. I know it's like, you know, he is, you know, I mean, he's still in his, he, and people are going, Oh, it's a downgrade for Devontae Adams. I, I don't know if it is. I mean, you know, this guy's still in his prime. They played together in college. They're like best friends. He's moving closer to home. I think he's going to be happy and productive. Um, Hunter Renfro is a, you know, again, a perfect fit for McDaniel's offense. Darren Waller sounds like, you know, that injuries suddenly clearing up as we get a little closer to, to cash time. And, um, and so, yeah, like I, I like, I, th I think Derek Carr is a big season. I think all four teams have a bit, I think all four teams will be explosive offensively. I think the chiefs are a great value to win the division. I think they roll it too. But so we're oppo on that one. 
I mean, listen, I don't think you're crazy. I don't think anybody's crazy who's picking the Kansas City Chiefs, but I also think that there's a cavalier tone to the conversation around the Chiefs and the division that assumes that, well, as long as Patrick Mahomes is in it, they win it every year, right? That's not the way pro football has broken over the decades. Tom Brady, a major exception, and the comp between, well, Brady and the Patriots did it in the East. There was never the level of competition never. in the division that uh, Mahomes Who was the best quarterback now. in the AFC? East that um like, well the team that bugged them the most was Ryan Tannehill's Dolphins. That's what that I mean right. that's pretty damning. Or, or it, was to, it was like Chad Pennington was the biggest quarterback threat to Tom yep. Brady during like like most of his run in the AFC. Ryan Fitzpatrick's Bills had its yeah. year, had the one year. Um Sanchez and company had a couple few years where they where they got the the Patriots. But right, there was never a collection of teams. That's what I'm talking. Yeah. It, it you know, there are three legit teams. That's six games that they have to go through. So the idea that that they're oh uh, uh, Shaq, you're just uh, trying to hot take this by saying I'm not I'm not saying that they're a bum team. I'm just saying they happen to it's be. A, it's a very and, difficult road that they have to go through. And like, again, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, and Russell Wilson all would be the best quarterback that Tom Brady ever had to deal with. Like right. for the majority of his run in the AFC, you know, Josh Allen excluded after the bills have kind of taken it over. All right. Now we all have our takes. Well, what's, we what's, all your, have what's your, do you differ in the order at all? Do you just flip Russ and Herbert? I, and it's too hot takey for me to say. You put Carr one. Oh no, no. I would the the team I like the situation I like best for the QB is Justin Herbert. I think they're going to the Super Bowl. I thought they were going to go to the Ooh. Super Bowl last year as well, though. Um, and you know, it sounds crazy in in hindsight, but you really can make a case that man, a play away from getting into the mix. And if they had gotten there, man, they would have been a scary out for yeah. for whoever. And now they're a better version of what they were a year ago. Um, I so I, I guess I have to keep Mahomes there, but it's it's one and one a with Herbert, um, especially the damage he can do with his legs. I also think that Russ is. I think people are going to look back, and that's exactly leads us into this. There are, I think, Russ five years from now, we will look back. People will look back and be, we'll, we'll forget or hope everybody has amnesia about what they said right now mm. before the twenty twenty two season kicked off about Russell Wilson. It is not the same as Peyton Manning with the neck injury, but in the same way, people said like, well, it's done. You're going to go get Peyton Manning. You think that's some crown jewel? Don't you know he's damaged goods? That's kind of the conversation people are having around Russell Wilson now. Like I say, half decade from now, we'll look back and people will be like, remember that when people thought he was cooked when he was in his early 30s before he went to Denver? I think that will be a silly opinion. As far as that goes, now let's get into the hot takes and all of that. There Bye, are... Yes. I was say, the, Pey the Peyton Manning chase was one of the all time. And I think that is, I mean, people are definitely like, okay, are you sure this is going to work out with Manning and the neck? But like, he was definitely like one of the hottest, hotly, most hotly pursued free agents of all time. Remember he was, they were flying, they were secretly flying in and out of Durham over here. Um, you know, going to like meet with Pete Carroll on a plane and, you know, mm -hmm. so I mean, but like in Russ would, be, I, I do, but I, I agree with your overall arching point that, it's like, well, I mean, are we like, what? They just got Russell Wilson. I mean, he's just a Hall of Fame Super Bowl winning quarterback. You think it's going to magically be good? I mean, he could just magically be he could, he could just be good still. And then and and he is going to be out to prove to people that he can like he wants to prove to the Seahawks like you're idiots for not winning more with That's me. Right. Here's here's a lot of wins in Denver. I really do. And by the way, I do really like him. Um minus six and a half up in his old home that is stadium. A smelly line. 
Which side like, are you leaning on, though? I mean, like the Broncos, like I feel like the Broncos should be like minus fourteen. Like they, they should like clobber the Seahawks. <laughs> and yet it's like Monday night in Seattle. I could see Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll wants that one bad too. Like he wants to make Russ look awful. I agree with that. And then the eternal debate of who wins that: the ex-player who knows what the team wants to do, or the yeah. team who knows what the guy wants to do. Exactly. Um, we'll see. But I, I, I am. Confident, and that's what I want to get into, is your confidence in your own hot takes. And every year, there is at least one binary choice you can make. I remember a decade ago, Chip Kelly, will what he did in college work in the NFL? Lamar Jackson, will that style of football work over the course of a full season? I'm proud to say I was correct on both of those takes when I weighed in yay or nay on those. Let's do, there feels like there's a potpourri of uh of these in front of us this year it's russell wilson is one is is uh, there's still gas left in the tank i find it a little funny let's start in your neck of the woods Mm. carolina baker mayfield moves down there baker mayfield the resurrection down in carolina born anew with matt rule how say you is this a successful turn for him or is this his last shot at relevance and he will fail in it I think that it will be a fairly successful turn for Baker. I don't know. Like, and I think it's difficult to, to like gauge exactly what qualifies as, as success for Carolina, because if they win seven games, maybe Matt rule doesn't get fired. I mean, it feels like David Tepper is David Tepper is itching to fire somebody. Like I'm pretty sure he fired his soccer coach just because like he gives the owners of Carolina, like the Carolina FC. I'm pretty sure he fired somebody in charge of that, that football club or that soccer club because he was like, I can't fire a rule yet, but I, I have to fire. Like, I just really need to fire somebody. I haven't fired somebody in like 30 minutes. I've got to fire somebody. So you're fired. And the guy's like, what, 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 we haven't even played any games. Like, what's going on here? Um, so seven wins, maybe. I almost think for the Panthers, it's going to be how they, how they get, like how they get to their win total. If, in other words, if they could start, they could start 0 and 5. And if they won seven games, I think they'd be happy because there'd be this big win streak somewhere at the back on the back end of it. And I, I just think there's be so much recency bias for David Tepper and making his decisions. Um, it, Baker is probably going to live or die though on whether or not the offensive line is as upgraded as the Panthers would have you believe mm-hmm. my guy, Ikea Kwanu left tackle. He said, before the draft, I mean, I was standing there listening to him. You know, he's got to work on his pass protection, and that's he's great in the run game. Unbelievable second, like second level blocker. Um, does have to work on the pass pro. And if he's, you know, if he's not great at left tackle in terms of pass pro, it's going to trickle down. Where, you know, do they have to move Brady Christensen out to left tackle? Move Icky inside? You know, is Bradley Bozeman a big enough upgrade at center? Like, if, if these upgrades work, then Baker and Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy. Baker will be effective, and the Panthers will be a fringe playoff contenderish team. If not, there's just so many, as you like to reference, Jenga pieces. Whereas, like, you pull a one or two things out for the Panthers, and that thing's coming down pretty quickly, I think. Here's here's the big secret. It's a misdirect to talk Bake because he's an upgrade from Darnold. Um, but if, C- you know, big ifs, but if CMC can catch a break from the football gods. Yeah. And that, you know, high pedigree – though young defense yes. asserts itself. I mean, in that division, I, I guess I can't quit the NFC South. You know, we thought we, we moved the quarterback division over, but it's still intriguing because there are a couple other ones from that division. The next one is 
Jameis Winston. Yeah. I feel like this is a collective amnesia. And I talk about, you know, it's over the wild. course of the summer, you forget where we left off with some things. I don't think we even reached Christmas last year and everybody had already forgotten about what Jameis did until his injury. He was five and two. He was, you know, 14 uh, touchdowns versus three picks at that point. This team was good. A lot of people are getting very hip on these Saints. How say you on Jameis Winston being a very underappreciated good bet right now. Although people, I do see a late push towards these saints to, to try and take the NFC South. Well, the, the saints late push is sort of similar to the Eagles hype train right now in that it's, it's obviously fueled by what's on the roster and the belief that that defense can still like Dennis Allen will have that defense operating at the same or similar level. And, 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 but, you know, it, but, it's, but it's like almost like because the bucks are dealing with a bunch of, problems and there's like mm-hmm. all these Brady buzz about what's like like we'll get to him in a second no I know I'm just saying that like I feel like uh, like the Saints is it's not fueled entirely by the Saints agree you know, it's, right. it's fueled a lot by what's going on around the Saints um I, I, t- to me so Jameis was a much different quarterback last year than he'd been throughout you know for his Bucks run where he's just you know fling it flinging it all over the place um he was you know I, I just don't know. Can he just be an efficient game, man, high upper end game manager? Because I think that's what the Saints want him to be. Mm-hmm. My biggest concern isn't even Jameis. It's like I feel like people are sort of Sean Payton's a really good coach. Like, like I feel like people are just kind of shrugging off the idea that Sean Payton, Sean Payton's departure won't have a major impact on the Saints in, in 2022. I, I like Pete Carmichael's been worked under Sean Payton forever. You know, um, Dennis Allen probably got a raw deal with the Raiders the first time he was a head coach. But Sean Payton, I mean, going to any head coach from Sean Payton is almost certainly a downgrade because of what he brings offensively and in terms of game management and just the sort of the like the Saints or Sean Payton are like they go together like spaghetti and meatball, you know, and now now not. Listen, we park our cars in the same garage. It's not just Sean Payton out. We saw Dennis Allen as the head man once before. That doesn't necessarily mean he's doomed to fail in a second stop. You learn if you're uh, uh, a spongy human being, you learn from your mistakes and how to do things right. But it is a big assumption. I'm with you completely on that one. But it's also a fairly large assumption that Bruce Arians to Todd Bowles is not a is is not oh, some fair, sort of fair. a change there. And that's the the other big piece. So this is a this is a multi-level kind of binary question. Or actually, I guess there are three results you or four results I'm gonna give you here. Is this the year that it's finally over for Brady? Finally over for Belichick, finally over for both guys, or neither guy they keep on rolling and we say see they did it again we had doubts and we are we look foolish once again how say you uh, that it's a great that's a good puzzle piece to put together i think it's i would say i'm growing more and more i have a large like like as large as i'm capable of putting out there um a buccaneers future that i got when, hmm. when they, were pl- they were plus money to win the nfc south when in the in the 40 day window where Tom Brady retired and then unretired just because I moved quickly when the news broke. Right. And then he's coming back. It's like, well, if the bucks are plus, you know, 150, like I'm going to take the bucks to win the, you know, it's just, um, so, and I'm not saying like, I'm like, it's still, it's good value. You know, you take the, like, you know, they're minus like 170 or 175, but like, I'm a, I'm a little nervous about it. Um, it, I would, I would be very nervous if I was in possession of a, any sort of Patriots future right now. 
Because I know I, I, I'm I, I, it all on in black and white seems like that's absolutely right. But I mean, you know, as I keep saying, I have Stockholm syndrome. I would I'm supposed to go against Bill Belichick at this point. What kind of loon would I be? I do think that week two game in in Akersher, they when they come in, play uh, Mitch Trubisky and how you pronounce it. Akersher. Akersher. I have no idea. I I can't pronounce it. I just mumble every time. I just try to say Akersher, especially in Pittsburgh. You got to say real quick. Akersher. It's like uh, it's like that doctor who does. uh, the uh, the ads for the supplement, um, uh, what's it called? What's that supplement called that he can't say? But they have him doing the pitch for it. Uh, I don't. Uh, know, I know what you're talking about. But I don't know the exact. Whatever the hell is. By, 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 by the way, quick, quick, very quick side tangent that will probably wreck your 45 minute target. But like, isn't it hilarious how no, we're at 40? We're at 40. We're gonna I know, get I know, there. I know, I know. I'm watching the clock. Isn't it hilarious how the um, it's like the two the two stadiums that like I'm just so mad about I can I cannot believe they renamed Staples Center and Heinz Field. It's like because it, you think about it's just the Staples Center. I, I didn't associate it with you know like uh, like paper office paper products in my brain, and I don't like associate this you know uh, you know legendary uh, you know uh, Pittsburgh Stadium with with ketchup. And yet, like, like it's like I'm so mad that these brands are getting housed, you know, like like Heinz and Staples. Like, I, I don't know why I get I get so mad about it. And then I stop and think I'm like, oh, wait, it's a ketchup company. Like, I just yeah. can't believe I, I will forever be the dummy who does not understand why marketing works. Same as with the bands playing at a thing like, ooh, more tune ins for that. Same thing. Acrisure gets some benefit from pay, a million. It's it's worth millions of dollars annually. What were you Staples was was selling more eight by eleven paper because right, they because right, of the, like I, that right. works that yeah, really no. like it just insinuates itself into to the consumer's brain and people go I it, it, it's baffling to me but I guess it must work or people would stop doing it or, right? or it's like the guy who's like who, who was running Staples loves the Lakers and wanted to hobnob like I mean maybe it's just a tax I mean I, I don't know it's a good question maybe it is like the marketing departments in general like. Do they are they definitely providing value? There's some no, wiggle room no, in there. Like, certainly not. look at the They're good deal I made. You gave away. me a big multi-million dollar budget. Look at this. We're on the side of an NFL stadium now. Like, well done. Well like, done, Gary. How did you, Gary, how did you pull that off? It's like, well, I actually, uh, Steve, I went in with a wheelbarrow full of cash and I dumped it on the table and said, we would like uh Akersher to be the name of the stadium. And they said, yes, <laughs> you've done it again, Gary. You've and Baker Mayfield was moving his stuff into the stadium that day. And I, <laughs> I, I was like, you want, Hey, you want like $2 million a year for the stadium? Like, okay. You yeah. know, like, all right. So, Hey, mission accomplished there. Uh, boss man. Um, okay. Sorry. Uh, no, 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 that's right. So, so you're back to, back to the Patriots. So, you're so, down, the- so you're so, cause to me, the stay away is side by side, not coincidentally. I I am sticking with the bills, like most smart people are. Can't mess with that. Uh, right. Um, I know a lot of people are trying to inject some eleventh hour cynicism. Are the bills really good? Yeah, they're they're they they're really good. Um, their their season is in January. Um, the the regular season is is almost a moot point. Um, but. The Miami Dolphins, the New England Patriots. Mm. I have one nine and eight, the other one eight and nine. How yep. one goes, I think the other one rises and falls. I, the Jets, their schedule is too tough to be a real factor, I think, this year. Eddie Spaghetti disagrees with that. But um, anyhow, go ahead there. 
Patriots and hand in hand, kind of with the Dolphins or otherwise. Your your opinions going into Belichick, twenty twenty two. So my big thing with Belichick is that he is a- actively choosing to publicly and voluntarily uh, turn his offense over to Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Mm-hmm. And like the Matt Patricia thing, just I, I mean, I like I I, I get it. You're rocket science, I understand. You know, you're rocket scientist. He's an actual rocket scientist. He that means he can probably coach defense, probably coach offense. He didn't coach much in Detroit, and now he's coming back, and he's instead of like coaching the defense, he's just going to coach it to coach the offense. He's just the offensive coordinator all of a sudden. Like like it's like it's just a slap in the face to offensive coordinators that this guy with his pencil and this backwards hat can just. Be an offensive coordinator all of a sudden with with no real practice or or experience on that side of the ball outside of like working with Josh McDaniels a bunch, um, and that Bill Belichick is just going to design an offense with a brand new running scheme and Joe Judge was going to coach up uh, Mac Jones like like Joe Judge ran a, a quarterback sneak on third and one last year with the Giants like I can't that's what bugs me now on the other hand I suggested that the Patriots could win the Week One game because that's not crazy. They could. It's a three-point sure. divisional battle. And that that maybe Tua might not have a great game because Belichick has coached well against younger quarterbacks. And Tua Nan and the Dolphins Hive came at me so aggressively. Like, I, I couldn't read it. Oh, and I, I did make a mistake too, Shaq, I suppose. I, I suggested that there was too much optimism coming out of the Dolphins' like training camp. And I said that- Trying to talk themselves into something kind of vibe. Yeah, and and also like, and I said this, and I think several of the beat reporters were not thrilled that I said this, and they've been tweeting about it for like like still weeks now. I said that sometimes there's a out of the, in my opinion, coming out of the Dolphins' coverage, a more enthusiastic uh, approach to the team than you might see in other beats. That's what I that's what I was trying to suggest, and mm. I don't think that's, I don't think that's wrong, but some of the people who um, cover the team uh, took some umbrage with that. I've I, I've been witness and maybe even been a part of like straddling the fence there with the, with my uh, provincial interests. Yeah, people do not like being accused of being homers by the national media, yes. but the local media is more plugged into what's going on. So I tend to defer to like. We really need to know what's going on. Get in touch with somebody who's the boots on the ground and of course, in the locker oh no, of room. Course. I'm just saying that, like, but you, I hear your noise. It's fascinating. I, it's I love like, that conversation. Like, like, like you don't see, like, you know, and, and I don't know what it is. Like, so it's just like the different markets. You get different kind of like holistic approaches to coverage. Like, I'm not saying like the like the Panthers beat writers aren't overly enthusiastic or overly critical. They're never going to be super critical because it's such a small market. Like even if the team stinks, like you have just have like there's, you know, whereas in Philadelphia, you could get any wide ranging approach. And, and for whatever reason, my opinion, and maybe I'm wrong, is that the, the, there always seems to be a lot of sunshine coming from Miami in the off season. That's all I'm that saying. Is, that is owed to, and maybe it has to do with where they are. You know, the old, uh, what I consider to be pretty empty thing. But then again, you look at the crowd at UCLA uh, on the weekend and then it's hard to argue too much against. But that that old uh, jive about like, hey, people in, in that part of the country have other things to do. They're out surfing as though everybody is just a surfer in Southern yeah. California. Same same vibe. But people are out partying in South Beach. They aren't, they, they aren't interested in... So you have to draw them in by being a little more positive. I also ah. think... 
too much cynicism in Philadelphia and New York, and it's not good to scare away players like I can't make it in this town. Like <laughs> I think you're I, I I you're not overestimating your role, but you're abusing your role to the detriment of your sports town success. Right. It's not a coincidence Philadelphia has so much juice but sucks collectively in sports. You spook people out of the town. You're not doing anybody any favors acting that way. Would you All would right. you want to be the quarterback of the Eagles? I wouldn't want to be the quarterback of the Eagles. I mean, I take no, it's, it, it, it's ridiculous. The problem that people take in in chasing people out like hey new york uh what's his name uh um i'm in hey, football no. mode spaghetti uh the the outfielder who just moved out to la um who who got scared out because he struck he, he was bad joey gallo joey gallo geez no, yeah, no, joey gallo like sp- new yorkers sp- puff their chests out like hey new york ain't for everybody like what well, shouldn't you- that be Shouldn't you, you go wanna, against you that and try and make it out? comfortable for him? Out a bunch. You don't do it in New York, pal. Okay. Like you want to, you want to <laughs> strike out and hit homers. You go do it in LA. All right. Wait, wait, blue collar. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, LA's like, cool, dude. Hey man, do whatever you can do. We're, we're all, we're all for it, bro. Come on out here. Yeah. That, this is a market that tends to skew a little more positive, um, about its teams. May, and maybe from a marketing perspective, it, it's beneficial to try and make it more appealing, but all right, let's wrap it up with this. Some fast action, Set, not really binary, but hot take kind of stuff. I want you to tell me, I'm going to give you each of the eight divisions and you tell me who's going to win it. And then I'm going to float a big, um, a big X factor in okay. the division. Okay. AFC it. East, you have the bills, right? Bills. Yep. Okay. Can Tua turn the corner in McDaniel's offense? Because if he does, he could disrupt the assumption is, of the bills. That is the correct. That is the a hundred percent. The correct answer. Like does Mc, does the McDaniel offense work? Like are, are Waddle and Tyreek operating like Ayuk and Debo Samuel, where they're getting the ball in space and ripping off yak. And it's not asking Tua to jam the ball into tight windows instead to be like a distributor point guard style, like a lefty Jimmy G. Cause if that's, if, if he can do that, if he can be like a, a lefty Jimmy G, mm-hmm. then the dolphins are going to be a problem in that division. And if, will he be confidence meter that that will happen? Uh, I mean, like I would say a six one to and ten. A half. Six and Actually, a half. I don't. I, why am I telling you? You're. you're no, I was. I was going, going on one to, to ten, 10 automatically. I was going one to ten. It could be one to sixty-three if you want it to be whatever uh, star system, whatever you want to do. I was you're thinking ten. One to I was 10? thinking. I was thinking ten. It was going to go six and a half on Tua. So not not like I think it could happen. I'm not entirely confident, but I'm also scared that it will happen and. Uh, Dolphins fans will berate me for the entirety of the 2022 NFL season. Okay. I'm very confident in the Bills winning that division. Yes. AFC North. I got the Ravens. How say you? I got the Ravens as well. I think I've got the Ravens in the Super Bowl, actually. I might have the Ravens Dude. winning the Super Bowl. Wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised there. The X Factor, Joe Mixon, all the Joe Burrow talk, real deal, all that kind of stuff, roster all fixed up, but the O-line fixed up launches Joe Mixon from being a high-end fantasy option and otherwise, but he elevates to being the best back in football. Confidence level in that happening, because if it does happen, you assume the Bengals win the division. Ooh, that's an, I, that's an interesting one. Um, I'll say four and a half. Because they're unstoppable in the pass game. If Mixon takes off, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, mean, no, really just, takes off. Like, I, like, I don't think and that's not based on, that is based on other running backs, I think, who would prevent him from becoming the best running back in football, not my lack of confidence in Joe Mixon. I think Mixon is an, like an awesome player and could have a huge season. Uh, I just don't know that they'll use him with the, because they have those other weapons. Like, I don't know that they'll, I don't, I don't think the usage and the drop off from the other guys, like, like if you were like Dalvin Cook, I'd say like nine and a half. 
Joe Mixon, four and a half. Okay. AFC South. I got the Colts. I'm, I picked, and I'm probably going to agree. No this. way. You're not going to do this. Oh, I did it. I did it. I did it like officially for CBS, too. Like, it's like, really? like the actual pick. It's going to look so stinky with that little Jaguar logo up there at the top. I mean, it's so gross. Wait a second. I, I assumed you were going to say Titans again. You're going all the way. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You know what? I did my best to talk myself into the Jags. And I, yeah. and I, and I am a believer the path I, I am a slave to once I go through the schedule and all the assumptions I've formed around it. I just couldn't get myself to like them being, you know, nine, 10 wins, but I do believe in this team. And in fact, my X factor is the Jags, young defense arrives ahead of schedule because I believe Trevor Lawrence turns the corner this year. I think it's about that defense confidence that that's going to happen must be high. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's like a 7.5 because just because, well, maybe not. And I don't know if it's even the young defense turns the corner. I just think it's going to like you add Trayvon Walker, who I really like to Josh Allen. And now you have a pass, you're a pass rush right. problem for a, div- a division that features you know, Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan, and Davis Mills. I mean, like, you know, competent quarterbacks, Mills, I think I'm a little higher on them, maybe the consensus, but, um, you know, you, you just, that's two pass rushers that are, that are going to be a problem. And so I guess mine's almost reverse engineered. Like I, I bet the Colts to win the division when they were plus 110 or something like that, maybe right after the Ryan trade or, and, and I think that it would, I wouldn't be surprised if they won the division. Like they are very competent. Ryan's a perfect fit for what they want to do. It's basically Philip Rivers 2.0 with and without the experience of the Frank Reich. So I like I, I would not I don't I don't lo- like I don't love the Jaguars to win the division. I think the value is there like nine to one. Yeah, it's it's really more about an upgrade. It's 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 like going from like Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson doesn't have to be the best coach in football. He just has to be not Urban Meyer, and you are automatically upgrading to like uh, so much just in terms of what it will be for your the competency of your game day preparation, the competency of your in-game execution, and like getting, turning one of the best quarterback prospects we've seen in the last 30 years into someone who's not, like, like he's like, he's not ready for quarterback sneaks. It's like, what? What, 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 what kind of operation are you running over here where Trevor Lawrence can't, can't quarterback sneak the ball? You haven't installed the QB sneak in your offense yet? And so I, I think this is, I, I think Lawrence has a big leap forward just by default with no Urban Meyer. People get the, the QB, I mean, the draft analysts get a lot of stuff wrong. What they don't get wrong is when they say, this is the next guy. This is the guy of the decade. They weren't wrong about luck. They weren't wrong about Elway. They're not going to be this wrong about a guy. Trevor Lawrence is going to reveal himself to, to be what people uh, closer, at least to what people expected coming out of Clemson. We went over the AFC West, NFC East. Who do you have there? Because that's a tough one between the Eagles and the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, like we, we talked about. If you want to go commies, feel free. No, no, no. I, I, the the artist formerly known as the Washington Football Team. Um, that's that's why I, I call them the Commodores and the, or the uh, Commandos. I can't believe why did they do this? I, it's the it's craziest so decision. Talk about it's, marketing. The, they did this on purpose. They named themselves in our nation's capital the Commies. We're not talking nearly enough about how weird. I, I agree. I couldn't agree more. It's like you had you you. Finally, after de- like it finally, we're like, okay, fine, fine, fine. Our name is racist. Okay, we'll change it. Fine. We're, we're like, oh, uh, we, do, do we have another name? Uh, no, we don't. We don't. We don't have anything. Gary, 
Is Gary done buying the stadium naming rights? Get him in here. We need Gary to no, come No, up no, no. I, I need to forge a blue ribbon panel that will <laughs> convene for 18 months. Hey, 18 months later, the door swings open. We've done it. We're the commies. Yeah. And we have but, black helmets now. But the worst part is Shaq, they like they like they even went, they were like, okay, we don't uh Gary, we need we need a name for like this year. Cause while and, and then go for in the blue ribbon panel. And he's like, um, well, we just call ourselves the Washington football team. They're like Okay, that's a terrible idea, but but it's the only idea on the table. Let's go with it. And then you, you go with it. You're like, actually, I kind of like it. I kind of like the WFTs. I kind of like the football team. And then one year after everyone's finally like, okay, fine. Football team's kind of kind of a great name. They like, just keep rolling with it. They're like, we're the commies. It's like, like how, how can you screw up at every possible turn? It makes, it makes me sick. And in the same calendar year that we were given another one on purpose, a marketing department came up with the Guardians of Traffic. The guard naming them after statues on a bridge. That's what you came up with. And then you wonder why you're a punchline Cleveland. Yes. It's unbelievable. Now, um, oh, so my pick is so the, who'd you go with? Cowboys I, went with the Eagles. Eagles. I, I had the Eagles. I took the Eagles at plus 200 to win the division back. Um, when they, uh, when they Smart. drafted, when they drafted Jordan Davis, who I love, love, love. Me and, too. um, and AJ Brown, who I'd like more than like most members of my family. Um, so I, I was already in the Eagles and then I was debating. So I had Ravens and I was debating between Ravens, AFC debating between Eagles and the, the, uh, the Niners in the NFC. And then the Niners cut Trey Sermon and the Eagles grabbed him. And I said, now I'm going to go Eagles Ravens Super Bowl. Hmm. It's no check. This would be the first ever, according to John breach, who I'm just going to have to believe all bird Super Bowl. If there was the Eagles and the Ravens. Boy, you know, that's the kind of, corner of my world that i like i know, to I know. So, yeah I, I, off the top of my head I, I'll, I'll accept it as fact it i, I, I didn't i did not research ahead. it breach told me and i was i just went with it he could be lying completely but i, I don't recall another like double bird i love all the i love all the math on the white jerseys and the red jerseys yep. and all of that the most important thing in football terms is QB on his rookie deal. Those are the teams that play in the Super Bowl 50% of the time is the guy who has uh, the team that has a QB. That's why Justin Herbert and the Chargers are going to go to the Super Bowl where they will play. I hate to say it. I do feel a little bit like um, I'm I'm still on the fence really about this House of Dragons show. Spaghetti's all about it. I haven't seen the third episode yet. I'm on. I'm on. Yeah, me too. I'm on the fence about it, and in part because it's a little bit like watching the Packers and picking the Packers every year. Like, hey, how many times am I going to get duped by the same thing? Like, you know, you already burned me once, Game of Thrones. You want me back? And yet, thirteen and three, thirteen and three, and then like seasons eight, nine of of Game of Thrones is like the Packers in the playoffs. I absolutely, I have the Packers at thirteen and four. Um, and I just, the the difference is this year is that somebody will convince Aaron Rodgers. You do not have to do it all. You're still the main man, but do it like Elway did at the end of his career. Turn around and hand hand it off. Use the power run game. Lean on the defense. Okay, speaking of... Oh, by the way, so the X-Factor question. So what's the X-Factor in the the NFC East? Well, we're at 58. 45 is long gone. We're at 58 minutes now here in this conversation. Let's see if we can get through three and two and a half in in 90 seconds. Right, here we go. NFC East. Washington's... Front four, 
has a better collective year. I know Chase Young is out for the first month. Has not just an equivalent year to 2020, but an even better year. They're the high pedigree. Lean on. This is going to carry the day for this franchise. Is that young and talented front four? It has a better year than it had in 2020. Is that enough? Also, you got to get Carson Wentz out of there and get Sam Howell in there. That equals a division title for the for the commies. How say you? Uh, I think I would say that's a probably a three and a half out of 10 for me. Although shout out to uh, James Smith Williams, uh, NC state seventh round pick. who may be filling in basically for Chase Young. Good luck with that. I love, no, I love, I I love the loyalty to, to your (laughs) personal brand there. All right. NFC North, some buzz for the Vikes. And I am, I, I don't think it's crazy. I think that game, that that Sunday night week one game is monstrously important for yes. the division. If the Pack wins that, it's a wrap on the division. Vikes win it, look out. It's going to be a season-long chase to it. How uh, say you in the division, first of all? I've got the, I've got the Packers, and I actually like Me the too. Packers a little bit more, I think, than maybe um, the, average, the average person just because, to me, Aaron Jones is going to be their wide receiver one. As a running back, I think they're going to mm-hmm. split him out. I think he's going to get the most targets. I think he's going to be uh, heavily involved in the pass game. And I think it's going to surprise people when the Packers are still really good at throwing the football and moving the football, despite the lack of Devontae Adams. Um, I definitely would not want to. I, 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 I'm a fan of the Vikings and all they have on offense. I think Kevin O'Connell will probably be a, a very nice upgrade offensively. But I'm just I'm not going to same as sort of the Chiefs. I'm not fading the Packers just because they traded Devontae Adams. Like they still have Rodgers and, and LaFleur and they have enough weapons and a, and a good enough defense where I think they will uh, they will be the dominant powerhouse. But I understand the Vikings love. Talk, talk about uh, amnesia. People forgot what happened before Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers won two MVPs and had two of the all-time greatest Correct. single seasons in the Super Bowl era for a quarterback throwing it to Jordy Nelson. So uh, settled down with like they're, they're doomed because uh, right. Dubs is the number one uh, wide receiver this year. Here's here's my X factor. Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith both get double digit sacks. Oh, that's it. It's a great X factor. And if that is the case, then the Vikings are going to be there at the end of the season with the Packers trying to win the division. I'll say uh, eight out of 10. I think that's a, that's a possibility. That's a, if, if their defense is healthy and they're they're sacking the quarterback a lot, the Vikings are going to be a problem. Uh, very quickly. Yes or no. We did the NFC South pretty good there. Tom Brady takes another family vacation. Uh, at some point during the season, and no, maybe I, just stays on it the whole time. Uh, like a uh, five. I don't even know. I don't know. Like I, if he was just like, you know what, I'm out. What if he showed up? What if he showed? I'm, I have a, another family vacation to take, and this one's in Miami. Now that yeah. would be weird. Yeah, so, would, yeah, I'm vacationing in Miami for the first four weeks of the season. <laughs> let me let me know how things go, and then I'll be back in October. What are you? Why you took the whole family to the Dolphins sideline, Brady? <laughs> what the hell, man? I'm above the law. I can do whatever the hell I want. There's is nothing. It, is it calling plays for the Dolphins in like a regular season game when, like, on during the Bucks bye week or something like that? Like, hey, <laughs> I think Tom Brady's earned the right to do. Like, that, there would definitely be two thirds of the media would would be on Brady's side. Like, I think he's allowed to do it. He's like, he's like um, calling plays week one against Belichick. Like, he's like dialing up like shot plays from for Tyreek Hill against Belichick. And he's like, listen, when you've played in that many Super Bowls, you have earned the right to go on that sideline and call plays for the Miami Dolphins. It's as simple as that. Steve. Um, and last one, NFC West, who you got in that division? I am, uh, I'm wearing a, I should probably change shirts at some point, but I'm wearing a, these are great homage shirt. You know, the, the, the fantastic t-shirt company, but NFL mm-hmm. jam. Look at that. Nice. Cup Stafford. Um, 
despite despite me wearing that, and they have all they have all the teams. Pittsburgh, I believe, is like Cam Hayward and a bottle of ketchup. Um, this is their NFL jam. Uh, not Mason Rudolph. <laughs> it's Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to take the Niners. I believe in Trey Lance. I think Kyle Shanahan will. You know, there's going to be some rocky moments for sure. But the ceiling is there is so tantalizing. The Stafford elbow thing is a little concerning. I think it's going to be very close between the 49ers and the and the and the Rams. I will reluctantly take the Niners um, to to win that division, but it's going to be very close. We agree. Here's the X factor, though. I am with the Niners. I think Rams too. X factor. Kyler Murray plays at an MVP level for 17 Ooh. games. Uh, that's a well, good then one. That obviously would would shake things up. But oh yeah, yeah, I would say my confidence in that one is like a three point seven. Like I don't, I don't trust this. Like these late season flops from Kyler and Cliff are just wild. Like how can you? It's like well, yeah, we're uh, eight and one. Oh, I guess we should uh, put the old feet up, put the handsome sunglasses on, and uh, yeah, where's my rosé? Kyler, give me a rosé. And then like the, then the homework clause. What the, what the hell? It's so embarrassing for Terrible. everybody. This is a combustible situation. I think. Yes. Watch this. I'm more. I I lean that it's more likely to implode than it is to. Uh, to uh, rest they all have, the they all have contact extensions. Like they all right. like, they all have, and, and by the way, that, that homework clause thing, it was also like, I know they took it out or they say they took it out. There was a, there was default language in there. Like if they caught Kyler playing, playing like war world of Warcraft or whatever, or, or call of duty when he's supposed to be watching film, they could just like cancel his entire contract. That's the craziest thing ever written in a, in a, in, a, in an NFL deal. This is this is not a small matter. I predict it is a brush fire that will only get larger. We'll see where that goes. Can't wait for football. Love getting to catch up with you in front of kickoff here. Will Brinson, pick six every day of the week, 1 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Track it down, download it, listen to it in your ears, watch it with your eyes, absorb it all into your heart, and put it into your brain and, uh, and make lots of money as a result. Will Brinson, you're the tops, Pally. Always a pleasure, Shaq. Thanks, buddy. There he goes, Spaghetti. I failed. I should have let him know. I just didn't want to. I didn't want to make him feel like it was his failure. We didn't make it under 45. We didn't even make it under 60 minutes. We just can't do it, Spaghetti. If, if sportsbooks had odds on the show going over or under 45 minutes, I mean, I would have bet the house on the over. That's, that's the easiest thing of all time. You son of a bitch. Any uh, big takeaway there from uh, from Brinson's remarks? I got Jags. He took the Jags to win the division. I love it. That's fun. I, I still want to rally. I just don't understand the Eagles hype. I don't understand people picking them for the Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts when the guy was a question mark all offseason. Uh, I think I they're agree. still going to be a run-heavy team, and uh, I, I just, I don't know. I think they're going to be stopped. I don't, I don't see them being a Super Bowl contender. The Ravens pick isn't so bad, but the, the Eagles, I, I don't see that. It is a funny assignment. Yes. You can make a case, and I am on that side, that the Eagles are going to win the division. There are two seasons, like I say about the, the Chargers, you know, and, well, it applies to everybody, but, the, you know, for the Bills this year, they must get into the mix, and they do themselves a favor by getting the number one seed or, or uh, you know, winning the division. But, you know, a good season for the Eagles will be winning the division. The Cowboys getting into the mix is meaning, into the January tournament, is kind of meaningless. They have to go to the Super Bowl. Standards are different there. I just don't, I, I'm, I'm with you. Jalen Hurts is not likely, unless they're the number one seed, and even then, are, are, are you going to bet on the Eagles 
to win three playoff games to get to the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts in a in a conference that in a in a tournament that is likely to include Brady, you know, and um, you know Kyle Shanahan. It, it, it's a little bit of a reach for me to to conjure that one uh, yeah. at this point. But anyway. Uh, and and they're a team that like the second half of last year, all they did was just pound the rock. And then once you get in the playoffs, like you said, you're gonna if you're down in a game, you're gonna make, need to make a big pass to score some points. I know they have some nice names. I know they have Dallas Goddard. I know they have Devonte Smith. I know obviously they got AJ Brown. But if you're not utilizing those players, they're just useless on the field. So I, I need to see more out of Jalen Hurts to really buy into this Eagles team. And if, and if he is good, then you have two elite quarterbacks in this division. The Giants will and, will, and I guess DC will stink uh, for ages. But uh, I, right now, I'm just a little skeptical on the whole uh, Philly uh, hype. Anyway, uh, hard to be uh, skeptical of what Will Brinson brings to a show after you just heard that gangbusters hour from him. Make sure you check out his great daily show, Pick 6 on CBS Sports, and uh, we'll be back. Me, Eddie Spaghetti, and our pal Kevin Hench in 48 hours on the holy day. Thursday, the kickoff of the NFL season. We'll get all our last best, best, bets, bets out there for you. Then, until then, for Spaghetti and Will Brinson and everybody at the Extra Points Network, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>